everyone. I'm Elspeth, and welcome to Opera After Dark. Oh, nice. People are going to get real tired of that. <laughs> As I just said, I'm Elspeth. I'm Kyle. And I'm Naomi. And we are super excited to bring you episode two of the Men Behind the Music series. And today we're going to talk all about Janacek. Before we do that, Kyle, why don't you tell us a little bit about the wine that we will be drinking this evening? So today we have a a Vino Z Czech Gruner mm. uh, by the Veltliner Miklowski uh, organization. Great. Um, vineyard. Uh, <laughs> and it's a 2012. Ooh, almost oh, vintage. Very nice. Yes, almost vintage. As I'm sure you noticed from the taste, uh, because you are both doing your sommelier training. Yep. Um, there are fresh aromas of pear skin and banana. A bright, fruity palate with hints of field herbs and long, spicy banana and pear finish. Mm, I do taste long, spicy banana. <laughs> I love a good long, spicy banana finish. Who doesn't? <laughs> Let's dive right in. I want to deal with a very specific part of Janacek's life, so let's get right to it. That's right. Janacek, one of my favorite composers, incredible music. Um, something that you might not know is that he spent most of his life as a music teacher in his tiny little hometown. And then in about 1916, he sort of convinced the National Theater in Prague to produce his opera that he wrote. He was 61 when they did it, and they sort of very begrudgingly were just like, ugh, whatever. Um, <laughs> and that opera was Yenifa. So Yenifa is the big piece that made him famous, and it's the one that everybody knows. I guess if you know Janacek, you know Yenifa. <laughs> I was going to say, everybody? Everyone. Um, so it's beautiful and it's amazing. So let's actually take a listen to a piece of the huge climactic ending of Yenifa. And this is Karita Matala in her super famous portrayal as the title character. Mm-hmm. I totally know this, by the way. Oh, good. Do you really? <laughs>
So obviously, they produced Yanifa and it became this overnight sensation and Janicek immediately became this incredibly famous composer. Um, the big sort of mezzo opera diva at the Prague National Theater, her name, and you're gonna have to forgive me for this whole section because these names are all Czech um, and I might be mispronouncing them. Um, but this woman's name, this mezzo diva, was Gabriela Horvatova, and she was so enamored with him that she basically just sort of whisked him off to this little spa town, um, leaving his wife behind, and they obviously had a very scandalous affair. And remember, he's 61 at this time. Um, and so his wife, whose name was Zdenka, was so upset by this that she attempted suicide. Um, oh, she, she, she survived, she was fine, and then somehow, Janicek convinced his wife to allow Gabriella to come over every once in a while and just sort of spend nights in their house. Whoa. Right. Um, I wish we could translate facial expressions onto the <laughs> podcast. That was a jaw drop moment for me, personally. I, they had a very tenuous marriage. They got married Sounds very, like very young, and they went through a lot of tragedies. Both their children died very young of different... Jeez. I mean, they had, and they didn't have a great life together. Um, for some reason, the next summer, they decided to go back to that same spa town together. His wife and Janacek and his wife. Janacek and his wife decided, okay. I guess, to go on a vacation. So they went back to the same town. <laughs> he said, hey, I know this great spot. I know this great spa place. Um, so they went back. And while they were there... He noticed this woman named Camila Stoslova. Oh gosh. Um, this gets better and better. And she was there with her two small children and her husband. And um, <gasps> the families became very friendly and then they hung and, out together. And Janacek. And how old was she? Oh, I'm going to get to it. Oh, sorry. All sorry. right. Um, Janacek, despite them both being married, saw her and fell instantly, deeply, like irrevocably in love with her. This time he was 63. And she was 25. Wow. 25. And this is a relationship that influenced him for the rest of his life. Deeply influenced deeply, him. Deeply, deeply influenced him artistically. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong, even though he had this amazing love at first sight moment, she did not return the affection. She had no such moment herself in regards to him. Oh, no. Oh, no, okay. no, 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 no. Okay. no. And um, there's a book that, that was just recently translated into English called Intimate Letters, and it's the letters between Janacek and Camila, and they're over, he wrote over 700 letters to her. Um, and That's they're a full, lot of letters. a lot of letters. They're full of all these, this beautiful artistic prose about how she is his soul and how he falls in, deep into her eyes every time he sees her. And her response is usually things like, you know, I went to the grocery store today, and the price of milk is just like ridiculous. <laughs> um, she was, she was uneducated. She was not artistic, and he was just obsessed with her. Obsessed so, with her. For we, the rest so, of his life. a question that I have is: Do we have photographic evidence of any or all of the parties involved? Like, was she? Oh, yes. yes. Incredibly beautiful. She was. Okay. Actually, was. I read a really, really sad description of her when I was reading up on this after Elspeth told me about her that 
had a picture of her when she was young with like her baby son and she's gorgeous mm-hmm. I mean she's beautiful and then in the description it said she was obviously beautiful in her younger years which explains Janacek falling in love with her but then as she aged she became much more plump throughout the rest of her life and it's puzzling why the attraction did not wear off and so pure, it clearly wasn't purely physical and I thought, well, of course it's not purely physical. Like, he was passionately, deeply in love with her. Mm-hmm. But I also thought, like, that's just horrible. I saw other pictures of her when she was much older, and she looks beautiful still. Yeah. So. I mean, this relationship. It was a yeah. bit rude. It was a bit harsh, I felt. Can I ask? Yeah. Have, I haven't seen any pictures of him. Is he, Was he a particularly good-looking man? When he was younger, yeah. Oh, Ooh. really? Oh. But what, um, what as about he, at sixty-one? He sort of looked like Albert Einstein. What? <laughs> like, <laughs> this like is a, totally unusable. Like uh, big poofy white hair, pot belly, like huge mustache. I'm no. His hair was had like a personality of its own. It was just it was like Albert yeah. Einstein yeah. hair. It yeah, it really was. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Hmm. So um, their relationship, nothing ever happened. Well, one thing happened once. Um, there was a kiss. I don't know. I'm guessing he tried to kiss her. Yeah. In August of 1927. Very I guess specific. Documented because it was in a letter. I was going to say. Yeah. It must be. Ten years after they, they first met, he um, went and embraced her, and there was a kiss, and she sort of you know repelled him and was just like, no, thank you. I am, I am married. And so um, after that... If you, you really should read this book if you can get your hands on it. After that, these letters sort of take on these quality where she is his almost imagined lover. He writes all these letters about how he imagined that she is his wife and that she's pregnant with his child. And all like... It's a very rich fantasy world, it seems. A very, very rich fantasy world. But um, she inspired him to write... Beautiful music. Incredible music. She um, inspired him to write the Macropolis case. She was the inspiration for Katja Cabanova. She was the inspiration for the cunning little vixen. Wow. Um, she was the inspiration for a song cycle he wrote called The Diary of One Who Disappeared. And she also was the inspiration for one of his two string quartets called Intimate Letters. And they're all obviously about his intimate letters to Camila. <laughs> um, and um, I think actually we have a clip, so we're going to play a little of that for you now. Um, Camila is represented by the viola. Um, and wow. there's one section in the third movement um, that's sort of described as, um, oh, Lord, um, sort of described as, as his musical fantasy of her being pregnant and giving birth to his child. Whoa! Um, so Did we're going to take a, about this. Is that how? Yes, he wrote know? about that in his, in these in these letters. And the interesting thing is, she had no desire whatsoever to come to any of these premieres, to go to any of these performances. I think she went to one. She went to the Katja Kabanova one, and in one of her letters, she didn't talk about how you know honored she was that he wrote this opera about her, how much she loved the music. She just talked about how she has this really great dress, um, <laughs> and so she's excited to wear it, and she's a little bit worried that like. People, um, I think in Prague would be much fancier than her, but then she showed up and she was like, I looked as good as everybody else, so I was totally fine with it. Um, but let's listen to a little bit of, uh, of the Intimate Letters Quartet.
Okay, right. so two two questions I have for you. Yes. First of all, you mentioned the book, and you may have already said the, the title of the book, but I'm not remembering it. So The book is called Intimate Letters. Okay. I don't remember um, the name of the author. It's an academic text. They just translated it from Czech to English, but it is called Intimate Letters. And this so is all about Janacek and his... And Camila. Oh, just the two of them, not Just the whole. two of them. Okay. Mm -hmm. And before you finish asking your second question, I just uh -huh, have to say uh -huh. that from what I read, even though she repelled his romantic advances, it is said that over time they became very good friends. And that well, when he died, she was at his bedside. She was at his bedside when he died. I mean, yeah. if so. you're writing 700 letters to somebody... Yeah, I, one would think he would mm -hmm. develop a friendship, I, I guess. guess. you know, mm. that's a lot of time invested. Can't Indeed. imagine sending 700 texts to somebody, let alone <laughs> writing 700 letters. Apparently during the last year of his life, he wrote her every single day. Really? Yeah, that's um, really romantic. I mean, it Except is, for the but fact that he had a wife and she were, had know, a husband. I know. Both I'm not, married and she was not like... I'm not giving him a free pass here. I'm just saying that like... He imagined this woman was pregnant with his kid. So that's... So question number two. Yeah. Did her husband have any idea that this was happening? To my knowledge, her husband didn't, but his wife... Janicek's wife. Definitely did. Yeah. She was very suspicious. Apparently she has um, a biography. Or not a biography. And she writes a lot. She was very suspicious of Camilla from like the first instance because she was on high alert <laughs> yeah, from the previous affair. Really? Um, so I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that you have a little bit of the what is it? The the the, the what's your letters? The I mean, they're called they're, the intimate letters is the name of the book, but the letters don't have like a, <laughs> an umbrella <laughs> title. Um, Just some guy wrote a book about it. Some guy wrote a book about it. Okay. Uh, I do, and I'd like to read some of it for you now, if that's cool with everyone. It's a little bit long, but they're so great that I'm going to read some of them. So here we go. Dear soul, believe me, I cannot escape from our two walks, like a heavy, beautiful dream in which I am bewitched. I know that I'd be consumed in that heat which cannot catch fire. On the paths I'd plant oaks which would endure for centuries, and into their trunks I'd carve the words which I shouted into the air. I don't want them to be lost. I want them to be known. Never in my life have I experienced such an intermingling of myself with you. We walked along, not even close to one another, and yet there was no gap between us. I was just your shadow. For me to be there, it needed you. I'd have wished that walk to be without an end. I waited without tiring for the words which you whispered. What would I have done were you my wife? Well, I think of you as if you were my wife. It's a small thing just to think like that, and yet it's as if the rays of a hundred suns were overwhelming me. I think this to myself, and I won't stop thinking it. Do with this letter, this confession of mine, what you will. Burn it or don't burn it. It brings me alive. Even thoughts become flesh. Oh my goodness. So I know we talked about he how said... scandalous this was, but I mean, this is really romantic in a weird way. <laughs> I was going to say, he said to not his wife. <laughs> That's but the bit. How beautiful yeah, is something? It's some very of this. romantic, but when you consider that his wife was just like hanging out, like around the corner almost. Yeah, that makes me a little bit sad. But also, but it is really, beautiful. The bit with the beautiful. shadow. Right. I have another little bit I want to read to you guys if that's okay. <laughs> okay. Maybe right. I'll just imagine mm. that he's 
writing this. Like, there are no impediments. They're just two people. You have to enter Janacek's fantasy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. it not to creep you out. Yeah, I don't know if I want to do that, but let's go ahead. Okay. In the thought that I have you, that you're mine, lies all my joy of life. By it, you give me the greatest happiness I've ever wished and which I never got and never really wanted from anyone before. I know that my compositions will be more passionate, more ravishing. You'll sit on every little note in them. Oh, Camilla, it's hard to calm myself, but the fire that you've set alight in me is necessary. Let it burn, let it flame, the desire of having you, of having you. See, it's much better when he makes no mention of wives. I, I guess. I think that one little part that's just so fantastic is when he tells her that she'll sit on every little note of every composition yeah. that he writes from then on. I mean, God. Do man. you like that? I feel like there's things that are implied, like almost because he said to know that you are mine. So that makes me think that she wrote something. Well, he could have made it up. No, she never did. No, she never did. What he's saying is he's imagining in his head that she's mine, and that uh, is what is giving him life, giving him this fire. That's what that is. I mean, she never did anything like that. There's a story that um, when they're on that in Prague and they were on that walk, which he talked about in the first letter that I read an excerpt from, that he had a ring on his finger that he lost. And he talks about the ring, and she actually sends him one in their next letter, just as a token of friendship, and he took it as like oh a commitment bond thing, oh, and then he no. sent her one that she wore, and yeah, oh, I mean, it was a thing. You know what I just imagined? What? Was, <laughs> was them taking this walk, and he's like, we're not near each other, <laughs> and they're actually like 30 feet apart. <laughs> Actually on a bridge, separate bridges. <laughs> and he's following, like right behind her, kind of stalking her. Aww, we're we're yeah, not Jen. near each other, but we may as well be. <laughs> in my mind, I, in yeah. my heart. Oh, there's no distance between us. I know, but you think of all those great love stories in literature, this, this is it. And when you think about them in real life, it's pretty... Yeah. Well, and didn't he, he, didn't he write his own libretti? Uh, for a lot of stuff, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, generally, like, this woman inspired the most amazing music from this man. The most amazing That's music. Yeah. That is true. Mm -hmm. And it's not like they were having this torrid affair. It was just in his, in his head. In his head. <laughs> so technically, they weren't doing anything wrong. Nobody was cheating. I mean, emotionally, somebody was cheating, but <laughs> yeah. not physically. I don't, I'm not justifying it. It happened a long time ago. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that because of this, we now have all this incredible Czech music. And he was definitely not a simple man. He was very oh complex. God. Yeah. And you know what comes but to mind? But you my, don't imagine. You know what comes to my mind? Life. What? You better. What? You're gonna hate me for this. Probably. Maybe. You better you wanna check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> Don't laugh at that. You're only encouraging him. That's terrible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All, right. All right. Well, I think cool. that's just about everything we have to share about Janacek. That is. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed listening. We really enjoyed doing this for you guys. And tune in next week for the third and final part of The Men Behind the Music, where we talk about the man who started it all, Hector Berlioz, composer, lover, psychopath, Attempted murderer. <laughs> <laughs> In the meantime, 
In Please the meantime, feel free to head to uh, operaafterdark.com. Mm -hmm. We should have some little extra tidbits there. That's right. For you to check out pertaining to this episode. And please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And uh, we'll see you next time. And subscribe. That's right. See you next time. Thank you for listening, everybody. better what you're gonna hate me for this probably maybe you better you want to check yourself before you wreck yourself <laughs> don't laugh at that you're only encouraging him that's terrible mm -hmm. <laughs> and that everyone is what we mean by kyle loves horrible puns in general <laughs> oh, i left a really long space to make sure that we can <laughs> Totally not useful. Oh no, I feel like it's great. Oh, this is fantastic. Alright, hold on, let me look at my notes for a second. Yeah, just so you know, I'm going to ask you about what the name of the book is and also yeah. whether or not her husband knew about any of this. Mm mm. But his wife did. So, Camilla was a big inspiration for Janacek in his later life when he basically wrote everything that, that we know today. Um, and so I want us to listen to a couple of clips. This first one is going to be from um, the chamber piece that I was talking about, The Diary of One Who Disappeared. And I think this is super important because he always referred to Camilla as his gypsy. And um, the piece has two characters. One is a peasant and the other is the gypsy woman. So let's take a little listen to part of her music in The Diary of One Who Disappeared. <laughs> 